Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Season 2. This is your host, Jackson Hogan, back to regale you with, well, everything there is to know about alpine skiing. Today's tale is culled from the mystic pages of Snowbird Secrets, which is available in either print or digital versions on Amazon. Gifting a friend with a copy of Snowbird Secrets is a proven way to improve one's self-esteem, and we could all use a bit more of that. Allow me to tee up today's chapter. Snowbird Secrets is an unusual book in many ways. For one, aside from an opening chapter on orientation, its component parts can be read in any order. Also, it has two authors, one attuned to the mountain's whispers, one chosen to channel his messages. Although I wrote every word, I couldn't be considered its sole author, for I never would have written a single word of this volume of treasures without Guru Dev. It is very much his book. In a way, I'm not even the half-author. I merely sat in the pillar of light and sought to fulfill its intent. During part of my guide's opening spiel, as I sat there with what felt like 40,000 watts of pure energy peeling back my scalp, a bit of banter which focused mainly on calming me down, I was told that I was chosen to do this because I could, and because I showed up prepared. And then I was told to continue writing. (laughs) That was my part, what I could do. And so I did, 22 freaking times. I want to assure you this does not happen every time I sit down before a keyboard, but it happened without fail when writing Snowbird Secrets. I'll get to the meditation that is today's subject after sharing this thought that concludes the introduction to Snowbird Secrets. The great medieval Aristotelian philosopher Averroes wrote that proper teaching should communicate on the sensual, intellectual, and spiritual levels. How well we have succeeded in attaining this ideal is for you, dear reader, to say. But our hope is that you find in these pages the pleasure of language, the understanding of clear minds, and the joy of pure, undiluted spirit, also known as love. And now, on vibrations. If you tear the universe down to its most essential components, all you have left is light and vibration. The tiny squiggles of energy that at the foundation of the quantum world are the essence of emanation, infinitesimal moments of spin, the fractals that make up the circle of life. What is vibration but a curve moving through space? Looked at from the perspective of the most fundamental elements from which we, and everything else known and unknown, are constructed, we were made to ski. Can it be mere happenstance that the single property that underlines all existence is also the most vital ingredient in skiing? Not only do we, like vibrations, move on a curved path through space, but that we move at all is a function of the ski's ability to vibrate. We don't often think of them this way, but skis are made to slide, and vibration is a prerequisite for sliding. A ski that doesn't vibrate doesn't move. It might as well be a snowshoe. The reason that metal is an indispensable element in race skis isn't as is popularly imagined, because metal makes the ski stiffer, but because only metal issues just the right harmonics to break the grip of suction at speed. Ski designers know all about vibration. The best ones think of little else. How to stifle the noxious frequencies that perturb edge grip while allowing safe passage to the essential vibrations that allow the ski to glide. 
It's a conundrum every ski maker must solve to achieve the epiphany of the perfect descent. A case could be made that we are like our skis in this regard. We too must be able to filter out energy that impedes our purpose while channeling the primary energy that sustains us. A vibration moves by rising and falling, rising and falling, a cycle of constant renewal. This describes our pattern of movement on the mountain, a cycle that takes us from the bottom to top and back to the bottom in order to rise again. But unlike an innate hum, we have will, so we can manage the frequency of our descent to match our own internal harmonic. To do so, we draw on a well of energy we call gravity, that is the mountain's reward for our heeding its call. If you think we are drifting into the murky realm of malarkey, think about this. Hidden Peak is riddled with quartz. Quartz is a crystalline structure and no ordinary crystal at that. Like all crystals, it not only responds to vibrations, it emits them. Quartz has piezoelectric properties that allow it to store electromagnetic energy and to conduct it. This mountain pulls a pulse from your energy stream and sends it back with interest, but it also skims off a transaction fee that it stores in its gargantuan energy vault. It goes without saying, the human eye, marvel that it is, is rather pathetic. There is so much it cannot see. We don't see air, we don't see the vibrations that move through it, and we don't see any of the other energy it contains, like wind or microwaves. Imagine if we could see the electromagnetic force fields that swirl ceaselessly through this mountain of crystals. It would be more beautiful and baffling than the stream of code of the matrix, tides of energy rushing through every skier and rider, diving down a funnel of energy into the mountain and cycling back in ever stronger beats, proving with every turn that perpetual motion is not only possible, it happens every day. So what does the mountain do with all this energy? Ask Ted Johnson, who first laid out his plans for the resort on a map spread across a dining room table at the Alta Lodge. Ask Dick Bass, who poured enough energy and resources into the mountain to bankrupt a principality, suggesting the forces that compelled him were more spiritual than commercial. Ask the waitress in the tram bar or your fellow passenger on a chairlift, what brought you here? For Johnson or Bass, it couldn't have been the quality resort reviews, for there was no resort to review. It had to be something else, more primal. As it turns out, everyone has a story for how they came to discover Snowbird. And no one knows the reason. Some have the vanity to think they picked the place, but the wisest know the place picked them. That is the secret that Snowbird has slipped into our subconscious. Deep down, we know we were summoned here. We just have to be reminded of it to remember, an echo of the platonic notion that all knowledge is remembrance. In the modern world, we are so divorced from our natural selves that you would think we'd have lost the power to hear a mountain call us. And indeed we have. But such is the enormous reach of this place that it can still stir the last seed within us that connects us to the energy that surrounds us every day yet we do not see. The resonance of that tiny vibrating seed is what brings us here, to this extraordinary place, to stand in the heart of the energy flow. Because we are human and frail, we naturally assume the reason we were called was to benefit us. We come here to step into gravity's stream and learn to disappear into it, and for this we are deeply grateful. We know we are the lucky ones. Lost in the endorphin bath, we forget that we aren't the only ones with a motive. 
The mountain didn't send out its vibrations to pull us here for our benefit. The mountain did it for itself. Hidden Peak is a spirit center because that is its nature. It called Johnson and Bass and all who followed to nourish the quartz, to bring fresh energy to funnel downhill and recharge its massive battery. We think in our silly way that it's all about us, and in a way, it is. After all, we were chosen. We're the ones who showed up. In return for our presence, we are recharged and renewed as we become part of the energy flow that constantly streams through this mountain. If we open our hearts to it, we become better people. If we open our minds to it, we are clearer thinkers. If we open our spirit to it, we understand that we too are vibrations and light. Vibrations move at a given frequency, a signature wavelength they can use to organize matter or light into a pattern. If you touch a vibrating tuning fork to a plate of crystals, the crystals will move to a precise, incorruptible pattern that is that note. Different vibrations applied to light we call colors, and while we can detect millions of shades, the seven basic colors, red, orange, yellow, green, indigo, and violet, correspond exactly and invariably to the seven notes of the scale. So vibration is light, and light is vibration, throughout our visible range and beyond. Let us take the lesson to the hill. No snow condition induces vibration like early morning corduroy, before temperature and traffic can dull the sharp ridges left by the groomers. So off the first tram, we head directly to Regulator Johnson, the iconic west-facing ballroom that inclines ever steeper as it rolls downhill. As you come off the road that marks the run's entry, the slightest sideward drift will induce a hum you can feel in your teeth. Your feet will feel like they're living directly over the subway. When you try to jam your edges in the fallaway pitch, the hum only grows louder and your feet put in a request for a change in ownership. Now is the time to remember that vibration is color we don't see, another shade of invisible light. So be light. Guide a gently pressured edge across the hill, knowing that some drift is inevitable. And when the spirit moves you, add a dash of energy and edge angle and instantly segue to a weight shift and direction change. Will you be beautiful? Mm, probably not. Will the vibration dissipate? No. But you will be managing both trajectory and speed, which should be enough to get the job done. Remember that this particular facet of the mountain is relentlessly long, so don't let your horses run for the barn, or you'll be on Mr. Toad's wild ride. When you come off the last steep pitch, you have only to negotiate your way past the base of the little cloud chair to pick up the gentle, ego-boosting terrain of Bass Ackwards. Your methods are the same. Be light. Set the edge and switch directions. Because gravity stream is running calmer now, you can afford to play, altering the wavelength of your turns to match the vibrations emanating from the hill. After you pass the Midgad restaurant on your right, you catch a road that wraps around until it deposits you on the top of Big Emma, the widest boulevard on the Snowbird roadmap. Here, the crystal ridges of the corduroy will perforce be softer, the vibration off the snow less strident. But the other vibrations, those that issue from far deeper in the mountain's core, they still send out their subtle sonic message to find your center. What the vibration of the mountain is telling you is that like the mountain itself, you are also a cash and conduit of energy. You are also made of light and sound, born to follow a curve through space.
This has been Jackson Hogan, and this podcast has been brought to you by Snowbird Secrets, available on Amazon. Ciao for now. This has been Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.